the search for identity, that which uh, suits best to this uh, real self that you're discovering. If you know yourself well enough, then you discover what you are best suited for, and then that is what makes you happiest, too. Self-actualization uh, means the making real of the inner self, and that means what you love, what you're interested in, what excites you, what fascinates you, and that is the cause outside yourself, which paradoxically then becomes a defining characteristic of the self. Welcome to the Maslow Peak Podcast, presented by Spring State Media Group. I'm your host, Brett Griffin, and my guest today is audio engineer Evan Ronaldo. Hello. How's it going, Evan? Going good, man. Good. How are you? Good, good. I've known Evan for a long time. Uh, we went to church together, played music together, uh, cleaned up some how- people's houses and stuff together. Um, Evan plays bass, guitar, drums, keys, all manner of things, was in a touring band called Hardest. Uh, you can check them out at hardestband.com or youtube.com slash hardestband. Evan is now an audio engineer with Echo Play Studios, which is his own venture. Right. He can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Ruins Echo. He's also the technical director for Generations Church in Los Alamitos. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I've known him, his family for a long time. He comes from Goodstock. Um, his sister's about to have a baby, so he's about to be an uncle. Oh, man. So, so just, weird. Your parents are going to be great grandparents. Yeah, I, they are. They're ready. They're going to love it. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit today about Evan's journey through the music industry, becoming a signed recording touring musician. Um, I thought he'd be an interesting interview because he's been at the peak that a lot of people think is the top that is the goal they're trying to achieve. But sometimes your dreams don't end up being what you thought they would be. So I wanted to have Evan on to talk about that, about realizing that maybe what you thought was the end-all be-all might not be, and how you choose to move forward from there. Um, Evan did not give up. He did not decide to go file papers until someone noticed what a hard worker he was oh, and man. give him a promotion to chief uh, paper filer. Um, he's he's still in the music world. He's still in the tech world um, doing a lot of stuff. So that's why I wanted to talk about So again, Evan, thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks for having me. So... First question I have for a lot of people is, give us kind of a rundown of a basic day for you. Audio engineer, church technical director, making music, recording, composing. What's a basic day look like for you? Uh, well, since going mobile, we sold our building uh, late last year and uh, kind of just had a crazy time of moving and getting all the stuff we needed to be a mobile setup. And uh, in that time, I was kind of trying to get on my feet and build a system that was, you know, easy and, and all that stuff. But anyway, back to uh, a normal day for me. I come in, I think uh, about what I need to do to keep progressing uh, everything that we have here. Like uh, when I came on, I took on website responsibilities, mm-hmm. building an app, um, keeping up with all of our interviews, our sermon videos, and uh, some graphics, some motion graphics, you know, all that stuff. And no one really did it prior. It was kind of all pre-built and just, they just kind of updated content. So I came in and I was like, you know what, I can do this. Let me learn how. And I kind of put myself in this position where I, I come in and they're like, do what you do. 
and keep pushing us forward. And uh, that's what I do throughout the week. So technical director, literally directing the technology, all of it. (laughs) Everything that gets plugged into a wall, I take care of. (laughs) Or a computer. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's a love hate thing because of course you want, you know, the, the latest and greatest toys and mm-hmm. you want to, you know, push, okay, can I do that? Can I handle this? And, you know, you end up putting a lot on your plate, but it's rewarding at the same time. Cause everything that I get to do, I think about what I had before and, um, you know, being in the band and looking at where I'm at now. And it's just like, I'm so happy that everything worked out the way it did. Awesome. And, uh, no regrets, yeah. no, no regrets. <laughs> yeah. No regrets. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I love it. I love coming into work. I love um, messing with everything, uh, kind of making it up as I go along and really taking on Sundays um, head on, constantly improving. We're live streaming sermons now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy stepping back and looking at all and, and thinking, you know, I did, I built all this. Like I have a team that looks up to me and yeah. um as automated as everything is and the systems that we have, it's just nuts that it all started from nothing. And I basically started from nothing. And now I, I have this job where I come in, I, I work hard and do whatever I think needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Obviously I cater to what they want me to do. And, um, it's great. It's, it's an awesome thing that worked out like perfectly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my day to day is, coming in and seeing what I need to do and making and doing everyone it. happy. Yeah. yeah, and doing it. Right. Okay. So like I mentioned in the lead-in, we've known each other a long time. As far back as I can remember, you wanted to be a musician, uh, wanted to be in a band, wanted to make songs, wanted to make records. Um, is that what you, you know, everyone says what they wanted to be when they grew up? Was that your number one goal? Oh, yeah. I mean, I tried for a long time. Uh, I picked up a guitar, I think, at 11. Mm-hmm. Um my friend, uh, a friend of mine got one. My dad, you know, was a bass player for many, many years. Yeah, for those and, that don't uh, know, his dad is an amazing bass player. Uh, his mom sings, his sister plays amazing. guitar and sings and plays yeah. piano. Uh, he comes from a very musical, musical family. Musical family. So Good stock. You know, it had to happen eventually, right? Get the bit by the music bug. And uh, so my parents were like, uh, let's get him a guitar. And they put it in my corner of the corner of my room mm-hmm. and they're like, you got to get good grades and you can open it up. And it worked. So yeah, I got a guitar. <laughs> I think and I remember this. <laughs> it, true story, man. And it worked. So now I know what to do with my kids, um, you know, when that happens. But uh, so I just, I played at school. I was kind of like the, the nerdy kid that took his amp to school okay. and plugged in where like, you know, the vending machines are because there's a plug. <laughs> Gorilla style. <laughs> yeah, dude. I think that's there. called busking when you're at the subway and you're playing for tips. I think that's uh, called busking. I, I, I wish I could have got tips from that, but <laughs> no, maybe a quarter for ice cream or something. Um, <laughs> so I would just play there, you know, in the back of school and, you know, people would walk by and they're like, oh, that's like a guitar guy. And I was, you know, terrible, like most likely terrible. You know, you we all start somewhere. You always think you're the best, you know, when you're <laughs> in the beginning like that. And, um, yeah, so I just kept playing and I, I got noticed by other musicians and they were like, you want to be in a band? So I floated around bands for mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. long time. Um, at about, oh, geez, um, 2010. Okay. Uh, I was like, I got to just start working. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't working band wise and I need to kind of, you know, get some stability under my feet. So, um, you know, started working at Target, 
uh, made some good money there and I started working at GameStop and mm-hmm. didn't make so good money there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it all led to that. And, you know, I was working and I kind of gave it up. I played a little bit at home mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I, I wanted to play, but and I played shows, you know, with those, with those bands prior and, you know, little one-offs here and there at Chain and a place called Hoagie Bar Michaels in Newport. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, man. Is that place still there? Yeah, it's still there. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry for all the bands that had to play there. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I had the live show um, Venom, I guess, in my veins. When you play live, it's just like it's there, and there's nothing else like there's it. There's nothing like it. It, it is insane. I joked with people that uh, playing music on stage is the second most fun thing on earth. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean. If, if anyone's wondering what the first one is. I'll tell you when you're older. Yeah, there you go. Um, it's it's something else. I mean, it, I, I don't I don't have to go into like the craziness of it, but just like everyone, everyone being on the same heartbeat, you know, the same yeah. everyone yeah. in the song at the time. I mean, that's just amazing. So I had that want, and you know, at the same time, I was getting older. I th- I was uh, twenty, I think, nineteen twenty, and. Uh, I just, you know, I, I needed to get something going for myself, needed to get money, needed to get, you know, stabilized and figure out really what I want to do, you know, and mm-hmm. you, you got parents that are like, you know, they're supportive, but they got to be parents and say, okay, man, like you gotta, you gotta start, you know, putting something together for yourself. Or, and I remember that. I remember it was cool to watch. It sounds like we may talk about your parents a little bit here, but, uh, because right. <laughs> I love your parents, yeah, but, cool uh, people, right? but I remember your parents encouraging your dreams but also like grades have to come first or you can't do this right, you, know, you have right. to you know this may work out for you and we believe you have the talent to do this but you have to have a plan in case this does not work out right and right. i remember it was cool seeing them support you but also try to give you balance right yeah they handled it really the best any parent could have mm-hmm. and uh i'm really thankful for that because um when everything happened they were like stoked mm-hmm. so that was great but yeah um what happened was I was working at GameStop and my boss scheduled me for a, um, uh, like a store building where they stock a store, okay. a brand new one. Okay. Okay. I went there and, uh, there's another kid there and I was playing music and, um, you know, I was dressed in my normal clothes and, you know, I'm sure I looked like a punk and, you know, into music and all that. So the guy, the other guy who was there could tell, come to find out that he was a singer for a band and uh, he was like, dude, do you play music? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I play music. And he's like, well, my band needs a bass player. And I'm like, oh, man. Because uh, I played bass in the band prior that I was in. And I'm just, my love at the time was guitar. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was so hesitant on on picking up a bass again and being stuck with it. Because mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't appreciate it at that time. Okay. So I was like, oh, you know what, man? I... Uh, I, I, I gotta say no. I don't want to, you know, tackle that and, and get my hopes up and have it be nothing, you know, mm-hmm. down the road. And he's like, okay, that's cool. Well, that was, that was a singer of hardest. Okay. And, um, yeah, I turned it down. They got another bass player and, uh, a few months down the road, he, their bass player that they had didn't work out. I'm not sure why, but yeah. And at that point I kind of, you know, I was like, I love playing, I kind of regretted telling him no. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up hitting him up and I'm like, dude, do you guys still need a bass player? And he said, yeah, we do. And um, 
I was like, okay, well, let me come try out. So they sent me some tracks, love them. They were right up my alley, heavy, um, progressive. Still melodic, I remember. Melodic, yeah, yeah. slightly technical, and I love the challenge of that, you know, breakdowns. Guys, mm-hmm. yeah, I still love breakdowns. But um, I learned those tracks, and yeah, I went to go try out, and um, they were, you know, they had everyone there, so that was a nerve-wracking experience for me because, <laughs> you know, I'm totally an introvert. So I get there and I'm like, hey guys, you know, gonna just play some bass. And I uh, went in there to Tim's room and uh, played through, I think, two songs. And, you know, they're, they're, like, they're like dead quiet the whole time and really leaving me in suspense, probably on purpose because they're all pranksters <laughs> like that. But um, yeah, they were like, you played that pretty close. So we think you're our guy. Okay. And yeah, from then on, it just snowballed, man. Was this still really early on or was there already some label interest and stuff at this point? This, okay, it's kind of a crazy story. Like, uh, I don't mean to like take over it, but yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I joined, they had an EP in the works Okay. Uh, at a studio called Zombies Unlimited with uh, producer Greg Johnson. And uh they were already working on tracks and uh, stuff that they did prior um, to me joining. Uh, they were in a band called In the Century, like back in the day. And uh, they actually had a pretty big following with the local scene. So they were beyond me as far as like musical yeah. talent and all that and um, knowledge. So I was stoked because it's better, so much better to chase, you know, than mm-hmm. have people chasing you. So yeah. I, um, was stoked on that and, and instantly got thrown into this position where, hey, we got tracks done. We already have a style. We have a direction that we're going. And um, I was like, great, let's, let's Show do up, this. Show up, do your job. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as militaristic as that, but it, they were just, they were happy to have me aboard. And um, But they already had their thing going, so I just kind of hopped on for the ride. Instantly, I, I mean, like, they released uh, the first track, to the internet, which was uh, disconnected uh, in October, Halloween, Halloween 2011. Okay. Um, Good day for a metal band. Right, right. We released uh, the first track. So with that track, we sent a few emails um, out to different venues um, saying, you know, hey, we want to play. We got some tracks and um, we'd like to get some booking done. And uh, so, yeah, we sent those out. We uh, got interest from Fearless Records. Um, they knew a guy named, uh, I think Shervon that worked there and, uh, he, um, was like, I like the track. Let's have a meeting and talk about it. And, um, during that time as well, we were getting interest from managers. Okay. So here we go, release these tracks and everything's like kind of just happening for us, happening Mm -hmm. for us. And, uh, so management's here like, Hey, I want to be your manager. You know, I represent this company hey, I represent this company. I want to be your manager. Um, and then we have Fearless coming in with a meeting. So we had a meeting with Fearless um, and they were like, your tracks are good, but um, we don't think they're ready yet or we think your guys are ready yet to be signed. Okay. So that was the initial thought from Fearless, you know, that we kind of went, um, they called it behind enemy lines or like something... Like, we got into intimate negotiations, I guess, okay. with Fearless Records, if you okay. want to call it like that. So, um, in the midst of that, we were stoked. I mean, like, it, it, Fearless is a label. Like, you know, 
totally stoked on that. And they have some great bands on there that we were looked up to. And um, it was a great move for us. So in the midst of uh, talks with them, we got an email from a guy named Andy. And Andy is the booking agent for Chain Reaction. Okay. Where he was like the main booker guy. I don't for know. For those that don't know, title. Chain Reaction is a remarkably small and intimate uh, punk uh, metal venue. It's um, It's dirty and sweaty and yep. stinky and... Terrible sound. The sound is terrible, but it's one of those, you know, meccas of punk rock in Southern California. Dude, so for Betray our, You, Avenged Sevenfold, yeah, all those guys together. We've all, you know, if you have if you were in the punk scene at all in Southern California, you've been to Chain Reaction 50 times. So yep. for those yep. that don't know. It's a lovely place. So we get an email from Andy and he's like, hey, I love your stuff. Uh, I want to book some shows with you. By the way, I'm an A&R for Roadrunner Records and I love what I'm hearing. So we freaked out. That was November. So our first track released, Mm -hmm. Halloween, November, we get an email from essentially Roadrunner Records. So, uh, yeah, it, we, um, sent him all the tracks. He flew to New York and, uh, basically fished our songs out to everybody up there, even Mm -hmm. the, the CEO and all that. And everyone was jamming. Um, where did I go wrong for, a good two weeks um, prior to uh, prior to him even going there, they were stoked on the track. So he went there. They, he got an okay to uh, um, continue negotiations and to uh, get a uh, contract written up. And uh, this is over the course of uh, five months, I think was okay. back back and forth with our lawyer and their lawyers and mm-hmm. you wouldn't believe the altercations oh. we had to make. <laughs> oh, I imagine. I imagine. Uh I mean that's that's just normal I guess for uh labels um to just kind of come out swinging at first and luckily we had a great lawyer that um took care of us and as far as uh, keeping most of our creative control and okay. and yada yada. Now I remember you said that they signed you for eight albums four that you owed and four that were optional. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, that's that a, that's a lot of albums. And, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't daunting at the time. You're just stoked. You're just stoked that it's happening. And you so, think, of course, I'm going to do this yeah, forever. Right. I, Eight I have, records, no big deal. I have man. no problem giving my creative control to these folks. Right, Yeah. right. I mean, yeah, we, we were just excited. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, yeah, we signed in April uh instantly it, it just the life hit us hard okay. um how started, long from signing to in the van driving across the country um let's see we did a tour oh man i hope i get my facts straight here we did a tour late 2012 okay so yeah our first tour is 2012 uh we got signed in april mm-hmm. our first tour was uh with make me famous and a bunch of other bands in uh, kind of winter winter 2012. Okay. So that was our first tour. Came home. Um, that was a full tour, like a month. Came home for a couple months. Then did a uh, kind of a crazy tour schedule for that that next uh, that next year because we released our EP, so we were just pushing that like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, did a, a tour. I think it was uh, March. I think March we did Inner Shikari, uh, came home for like a week, then flew to Europe to okay. tour with Kill Switch Engage. 
Awesome. That's um, a big band. Yeah, they were they were rad, man. Yeah. They were cool. Um, Tell just, us about the time you needed stitches in Finland. Oh, geez. Kind of what that was like. Uh, okay. Well, it was like mid-set. Um, I was, you know, flailing myself around. Headbanging. As one does. Yeah, yeah. right. I mean, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I go crazy on stage. So I kind of went up to where our guitar player usually is, and um, he had the the um ego risers the stage boxes Mm -hmm. up where he is so i went over there and kind of just stood up there but that's where his mic was so i was up there uh kind of looking at the crowd i didn't see him sneak up behind me and he kind of hooked his guitar um in front of me okay and i'm i'm looking up trying to paint this picture right so he because he's gonna do a vocal part okay so he sneaks up puts his guitar in front of me and I, as I'm looking at the crowd, I, I swing my head down for a gnarly headbang. And, uh, not knowing his guitar's there. Not knowing okay. the headstock was right there. So I just hit it straight on. Like, In the tuners? Yeah. yeah. My, uh, it was the corner. It was a Schecter. So okay. it had like kind of the horns yeah, on yeah, the headstock. Yeah. Oh, so. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So if you guys haven't seen this bass, just look up Schecter horns bass and you'll see what guitar, we're talking about. Guitar, yeah, oh, guitar, yeah. guitar, yeah. Um, so I, I went down for an early headbang and uh, barely missed my eye. All, all I see is as I'm going down, I, I hit something and I'm like, what the hell, dude? Like, what was there? And I turn my head and I see Tim just like, his guitar just being totally, like he did a full circle with, with his guitar essentially from how hard I hit it. So oh, I see him kind of like bending down with it and... Um, I think nothing of it. I just kind of, you know, hit my head and I'm like, okay, well I start hopping around and, uh, it kind of hit me. Like my eye wasn't as open as it was before. And, uh, (laughs) I, you know, started feeling it, you know, like the, with the wind hitting the blood. And, uh, after that song finished, I kind of looked down and there's just this pool of blood. Like if, it just kept dripping. If you guys have never cut your face open, your eyebrow, your eyebrows bleed a lot. So yeah. if, if you've never seen that happen, it's pretty shocking when it's just the big drops start coming out. Well, being playing a show, yeah. I mean, the blood's flowing. So you, you finished know, the like, show. Yeah. Metal, well, I, yeah. I Metal. finished the show. Um, it was, it was crazy. My eyebrows hanging off my face, um, blood everywhere. I had to go sit at the side of the stage to, motion someone to give me a towel so I could even wipe it up. (laughs) Um, Basically finished the show, drank some water, was okay. Uh, We were like, well, we're in a foreign country. (laughs) You know, we're in Finland. (laughs) I don't have insurance. Yeah. Right, right. So uh, the venue was like, we'll drive you to the hospital. It happens all the time. So Happens all the time. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we do this all the time. So go to the hospital, um, straight up, you know, uh, had to get stitches, go in. My doctor uh, went to school in the U.S. actually. Okay. So he spoke really good English and he's like, oh, okay, well, let's fix you up and yeah, you need stitches. So yeah, I'm like, I'm thinking this is going to be a fortune. So get stitches, uh, took 30 minutes maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, they cleaned it up, got yep. stitches, went out front. They're like, okay, that'll be a hundred bucks. <laughs> no joke. Nice. We're like, nice. what? That's <laughs> okay, it. well, That's it. here you go. Hundred bucks. Uh, you know, I'm calling my mom. Like, okay, we're okay. I don't need. I don't need our health insurance. You know, information. <laughs> so, that that was interesting right there. But uh, let's hear for a Finland healthcare system. There you go. Or there something. you go. Back on stage the next night. Uh, yeah, I just wasn't moving like <laughs> I wanted to. I had to kind of stand there for a bit. But it's okay. I got to you know see more of the show. So there you that go. was good. There you go. 
All right, so you're in the band, you're touring the country, touring the world, you're living the life. Um, kind of when was it that you started thinking maybe this wasn't what I thought it was going to be, maybe I need to make a move, and why? We recorded our record, uh, I think it was late 2013, and uh, we went to Jersey with our, uh, got the producer, David Bendith, to do the record, and uh, that time, that time beat the crap out of me. Um, I was playing bass like a guitarist and, uh, it kind of, it was a rude awakening for sure. Um, going to a, a like real studio with a real producer who's, mm-hmm. you know, he did riot from Paramore. He did breaking Benjamin. I mean, this guy was this is some great records. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he's an amazing guy. I just, I didn't think so at the time. So we get there and, um, you know, thinking I'm going to write so many songs, like we're going to do this together. And, uh, that whole experience, uh, we kind of all got split up like, okay. uh, singer and the guitar player, um, rhythm guitar player who wrote most of the songs. They were kind of in a group. Then we had me and Matt, our drummer in a group, uh, kind of locking down the rhythm. Right. And then we okay. had our, our soloist kind of doing his own thing. And, uh, in that time, you know, we came in and kind of played for him and he came up to me, our producer, and he was like, you're terrible. Like, you cannot keep time. Wow. You, uh, you're not a bass player and I'm not going to put my name on this record with you playing on it if you're going to give me that kind of performance. Wow. So I practiced and practiced and practiced 10 hours a day. Um, we recorded ourselves, my, my drummer and I, and, um, you know, went through the tracks and literally sat there and played and played and played till we aligned our sine waves <laughs> on our hits. Like, it, like zero, zero, like BS, man. Like okay. he was, we, we had to get it down. We had to make it perfect because he mm-hmm. did not want to edit us. You know, you strive for a hundred, you hit 80, you're okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the whole bit. Yeah. So, um, during that process, I just got beat up bad. And, uh, I, even though I proved that I could record decently enough to get some tracks done, uh, he still, you know, was on my case constantly. He had to, he had to record a track that he wanted to be played with fingers and I couldn't play a solid with my fingers. So yeah, it was a kind of a soul breaking experience, um, doing the record. And I kind of came out of it with this, um, I can't, like, I'm not good enough, mm-hmm. you know, like, and it kind of still haunts me, you know, whenever I write something new or whenever, you know, I mix something, I always think like, is this really that good? Is yeah, it good enough to stand out. up? Yeah. And, um, so coming out of that, none of my songs got picked for the record. Uh, one of them I helped wrote or write with, uh, another producer named, uh, Drew Folk and, uh, it came out okay, but you know, I just, I wanted to be more involved with that. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of learned that most of the time with these with bands and being with labels and all that, you kind of have these two guys or whoever is the writer or singer, and they they get the focus. Mm-hmm. You know, they get the attention, which I'm you know I'm, I'm fine with. I understand it. I understand you got to have that leader. You got to have that someone that's going to be the ringleader and kind of keep everything in check or make sure songs sound the same. Or yeah. um, we have that you know coherent uh, vibe, but at the same time, you know, you want to be a part of it. You want to be, yeah. you want to be as a group and you want to be, you know, the all for one type thing. And, uh, 
it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that at all. And um, the recording situation kind of finalized that where everyone was split up. Um, we couldn't really participate in writing or I felt that I couldn't, you know, how much that was a part of me. I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. Looking back on it, uh, of course, I wish I could have done it differently. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I just took that as a very, you know, soul-breaking uh, part. So anyway, came home from that, um, kind of beaten up, but still, you know, persevering in that and knowing that I, I can play a killer live show and I'm just going to hone in on that, you know, and mm -hmm. nail these songs, you know, live and put on the best performance I could. And when our record came out, um, didn't do too hot. Uh, there are different people, you know, different guys in the band think different things, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't pushed far enough from the record label or our management didn't do so hot with pushing it or, um, never, it never came up where our songs, you know, are, just weren't that good. You yeah. know, it's, that's never the case, right? No, never. So, uh, yeah, you know, we were warned by our management at the time, um, don't don't try and do these big rock songs because you're going to go from a pond to an ocean yeah. and you got to start swimming with these, you know, big fish that are Lincoln park, breaking Benjamin and all these, you know, big rock acts. And, um, you come in, you know, trying to sound like that, you're just going to get swallowed up. You know, right. you should stick with the style that you're comfortable with. But we ended up, you know, wanting to go the extra route and go for the big rock songs. And, uh, it ended up, uh, not working out. Kids just didn't adapt to it. We had we had one single um, that really took off. That was Skeletons, and uh, I remember that one. Yeah, and I mean, I can't say our songs are bad. Like I can't say they were. They they just weren't. They weren't catching steam. You know, I don't know how to put it. They, mm -hmm. People, you can't predict people, and um, I mean, you can try, but you never know what's going to be the next big thing. Right. You know, with the charts and all that. I mean, you look at the charts now, and it's. It's interesting. <laughs> um, That's a whole so, other podcast. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But uh, I don't know if you've heard my professional wrestling theory, but I have this theory that the music industry is like professional wrestling. They just decide, hey, you're going to be the champ for a while, and then yep. after that, you're going to be the champ. Yeah, yeah. So yep. uh, it's it's definitely something crazy. It's some convoluted, crazy mystery machine. I don't know, but uh, anyway, yeah. Record didn't do so hot. Um, I was kind of feeling fatigue from tours. I loved touring. Like mm -hmm. I loved being in front of the kids. I loved being um, just there for them. I mean, they, they look up to you, Yeah, you know, like they, you are a light to them. It's so weird, man. It's so weird seeing that in action, yeah. like realizing you were, you were there, like you were, you know, looking up to these bands and oh, yeah. then you get to that point, you're like, they're all normal, broken people. Yep. Like, uh, like some of them are just way messed up and these kids just like swear by them. Yeah. And I kind of saw that and I'm like, you know, who are we, you know, like uh, who am I to them? Like how, how can I be the best I can be or show them how to be, or, you know, try and be that role model that they want you to be. And these are some complicated feelings when this producer just broke you down and you're right. not feeling like you're this hero that right. they think you are. Right. I mean, well, it's, it's complicated. With these songs and like, I barely had a part in writing any of these. Right. And I'm up there repping them, you know, and playing them. And I, I didn't really know how to take that at first, you know, cause you always want to be, you know, like, oh yeah, I wrote that. Or like, we all took part in that. It's like, mm -hmm. no, that wasn't the case. Like 
maybe here and there, but it was primarily, you know, these guys. And, um, I didn't really like that. I didn't know how to take that. And, uh, that along with, um, touring, uh, being kind of the main load in and load out guy. Um, I was always the one in back, you know, making sure everything's okay. Talking to the, the sound guys, um, making sure everything's plugged in, everything, you know, sound checked and, um, making sure we're all organized. Always talking to our merch guy making sure he's okay. And, um, yeah, I just, I was always more gravitated towards that. So, it was okay. The other guys were talking to the fans, you know, kind of playing that role. Cause you know, someone's got to play that role. The problem was I didn't feel it was, um, respected equally okay. amongst each other. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone plays an extremely important role and the division that we had internally caused by the life essentially just mm-hmm. kind of, it was fatiguing. So, um, I kind of got to a point where I was like, you know what? Uh, I learned a lot. I I kind of am not agreeing with the lifestyle that these guys are doing right now. Um, I think I need to change it up. Mm-hmm. I need to, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to do music or I don't know if I want to, you know, get into video or I, I knew I wanted to be in creation, mm-hmm. you know, like creating things and, uh, I just had no idea how I would even remotely begin to do that and provide for myself. And I was in kind of a a dark spot after that. Luckily, um, I had a really supportive girlfriend at the time and uh, she was there to kind of help me, you know, start fresh. Um, so as, as I left the band, um, she moved down here from Florida and uh, we both kind of got to start fresh with each other and, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, basically, you know, I, uh, I got involved with church again. Mm-hmm. Um, cause church, I mean that it's, it's a big production. Yeah. It's really all. Yeah. It, especially all when you're I mean, setting up tearing down each week. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's so close to, um, it's so close to that, that lifestyle that the, the day in and day out, you know, um, putting on, the best production you can, mm-hmm. I, I guess, it, as close as it gets to, to that. I mean, you have crazy, you know, drugs and girls and all that stuff with uh, the band, but with church, yeah, it, like the production, the production aspect is very similar. Um, so I got involved with that. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go in full throttle mm-hmm. and, um, you know, do what I can to uh, it just, just learn, you know, learn everything that I could to build myself up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I learned as much as I could for, for music. I wish I, you know, had more of that mentality in the band, but coming out of it, I kind of just scraped together what I remembered and what I learned and, um, took it into applying it to behind the scenes Mm -hmm. because I realized that, uh, that's where it's at. (laughs) So when you tell people that you were in this band touring nationally, internationally, and now you're, you know, at church setting up, tearing down. What's their most common reaction? Um, cool. <laughs> like, uh, oh man, church and the music industry does not match. Right. Like at all. Yeah. So fans generally don't, um, 
you know, they don't think, oh, that's, that's amazing. Or that's really cool, man. Like it's probably what happened to you. Yeah. It, it was very like, oh, you're at a church. That's kind of cool. I that's guess. Cool, I guess. Yeah. yeah the, like uh, the most condescending thing you can right. say to someone. That's cool. I guess. Right. I mean, it, they just didn't, uh, they didn't see it as all, you know, glorified as it was to be in a band, which is kind of sad, but, mm-hmm. um, it was okay though. I mean, it, there was kind of a point where it's like, oh, dude, you're not in the band anymore. Like, what happened? Da, 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 and or you know, who's this new guy? And um, I don't think they ever really announced. It was just like, okay, we're gonna take his name out off the page, and we're gonna take his picture down at some point. Crazy. <laughs> I think they still have never happen. I think they still have the same promos from like me in the picture. I'm just yeah. I'm just cropped out. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I uh, you know went through that period where. You know, I kind of tell them I just want to pursue other stuff and uh, I wasn't feeling it, mm-hmm. you know, as much as I did in, in the beginning. And uh, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. What, what's been your biggest triumph so far? One show, you know, the EP, the record, anything in triumph? particular? Yeah. Anything that really stands out as being, oh yeah, that was, that was the best. Really out of, out of all of it, where I am now, I think is the biggest triumph. Wow. To be honest. Yeah. Um, if I didn't join the band, if I didn't go through that whole experience, uh, I wouldn't have had the, or I wouldn't have thought I would have had the ability to take on the role that I have now at, um, generations, which is the job I have. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it just took, you know, I have a little bit of experience here. I, I fell in love with production when I was in the band, you know, the live aspect and, um, you know, the whole mixing process and recording. I, I loved all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of figured I, I love that more than the, uh, kind of show part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love playing shows, but y- you really look at the grand scheme of things and the band, the band is so minimal yeah. compared to the, the giant beast that is the industry. Oh yeah. I mean, they're kind of, just puppets to be honest i mean they'll put songs together but you hear you hear what the labels want you to hear you see what they want you to see absolutely and uh they'll you know if you're on a major label they'll they'll craft you know how they want you to sound or look and you know and i understand that when they're dropping hundreds of thousands of dollars i understand that they need to to forge what they think would be successful. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can understand that. I have no beef with them. And yeah. for the most part, uh, Roadrunner was extremely supportive. They were always stoked to have mm-hmm. us around and stoked to take care of us whenever we were, you know, in New York. And they were all super nice. So, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I got to know. Um, you guys were in Minneapolis. Yeah. And my wife and we only had one daughter at the time. We were in Minneapolis. And uh, we were about 40 miles away from downtown, and I was jet-lagged, and I knew it was going to be late, and if I went out there, I was going to have two or three beers, and I had to drive back 45 miles. So one of my biggest regrets is not seeing you guys in Minneapolis, because that would have been a great story. Do you remember that show? Did I miss anything, or was it just and whatever? I imagine they all kind of blend together at some point. Yeah. I'd have to see a picture or something like it's, it's odd. I can remember venues. Okay. Like I can remember green rooms and stuff, but dude, it is a blur. I mean, every day is yeah. something, something new, new city, new, new people. Show. Like 
very few nights stand out, you know, where I can, I can pluck them out, you know, in my memory, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a blur for sure. <laughs> All those dates, man. I mean, how many shows do you think you played? Oh man. I mean, over, over a hundred. Wow. Um, yeah, over a hundred. It's gotta be, I, I'm sure I counted it at some point, but, um, it's insane. I mean, it, <laughs> playing the same songs every night, and it, it never got old. Like yeah. it, the songs, it's just so fun. It's yeah, so it's, fun to play it. People people don't understand what it's like to be on stage and see people react to your playing. I mean, as a drummer, it's it's funny because I'll see someone watching me, you know, and you'll you'll do a cool fill or you know you'll do right. you know you'll kind of show off a little bit and then you see them react and it's like it sounds cheesy, but it's like that's what it's like. That's what it's like to hit that big three pointer. You know, that's yeah. what it's like to make that catch to and bring the, it and live. the crowd. And the crowd goes wild. That's what right, it feels like. Right, to know? bring that extra, you know, spizzazz yeah. for a live event, you know, really gets them stoked. Um, you know, playing it every day like that, it, it's more about playing it perfectly mm-hmm. than it is really I'm playing the song again. Yeah, it's know? easy to go on autopilot once you've got yeah. it down like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've I've literally, like, lost time yeah. several times go, going up on stage like, oh, we're done. <laughs> what yeah. happened well maslow calls that a peak experience when time just gets away from you like that and you're in the moment and it's like totally happens. you're doing exactly what it is that you feel like you're meant to do falling asleep at the wheel like yeah. it's oh, literally yeah. what it is yeah. like you just blink and you're like oh did i play all the notes all the songs like, did are I, <laughs> yeah did it work out okay cool all right uh going forward how do you define success for yourself i'm doing what i love and i'm getting paid to do it there you go which is bizarre because it's not what I thought it would be. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, you think going into the band, uh, Oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to love what I do and I'm going to get paid for it. No, we didn't get paid for it. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) five, I'm not exaggerating. $5 a day was our per diem. Wow. And the venue provided dinner most of the time. Wow. Um, the venue or the, uh, the band that was headlining the tour. And sometimes that didn't even work out. Like the beginning of one tour, uh, the tour manager, the the main tour manager was like, sorry guys, I can't give you money for dinner, but I have some goobers and bread. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah. So we're like- Horror stories wow, right here. Yeah. Okay. Life from the road. Guess we're having goobers. Yeah. So <laughs> we had that jar of goobers in the van for, <laughs> I don't even know how long, man. It was, it was hilarious, but- I mean, it, it's, it's part of it though. Cause you can't, you can't complain. Cause you're like, I'm, I'm touring, mm-hmm. you know, like the band's paying for gas. Uh, we're traveling. Nothing's really coming out of our pocket. Nothing's really going in, Yeah, but you're doing what you love to do. Right. Yeah. Right. But you know, it just saying I'm in a band wasn't enough for me anymore. Yeah. It, it just wasn't, um, I don't know, like to a lot of people, that's something really special. And I understand that. But to me, it just, I don't know, because I kind of saw behind the lines, you know, behind, you know, everything. And it's like, there's really nothing super special about it. I mean, mm-hmm. it it's crazy, this, this illusion, you know, that gets created with, you know, media and promotion and, um, you know, that they, they create this, you know, these guys are bigger than life and um i don't know i just didn't see it that way i i didn't i tried to stay humble and i i hope i conveyed that as much as best i could you know being in the band and um coming out of it you know 
looking at what I do now where I schedule and manage a team. I am doing everything media oriented, mm-hmm. you know, things that I've always loved to do, but never really got the chance to do it. And I, uh, when the band took over, music was my thing. Now I'm, I'm doing all of it and at my discretion and getting paid to do it because my employers know that I'm going to do a killer job. Yeah. Like that, like this room, like everything in it, everything. It's just, it's insane. It's insane that I got to this point thinking back, you know, I was in a van eating Taco Bell for lunch. (laughs) Eating goobers. Every day. (laughs) Literally I had it. I think I had a, a McDonald's McMuffin. For breakfast. Full disclosure, I'm probably doing Taco Bell on my way back to my work after uh, this. So full too. disclosure. Me too, most likely. Um, I probably had McDonald's every day, dude, for breakfast. <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating. I mean, wow. but but you're touring. I mean, yeah. it was awesome. Doing what you want. Um, yeah. I will say Kill Switch did take care of us. Yeah. They um they opened up their catering to to the whole, you know, tour lineup and yeah. that was that was awesome. And Red. tell you what, man, they uh they know how to feed you over there <laughs> they had a chef like every night come in and start prep like hours before the show started wow. and uh that this was, isn't just the beans and rice tray huh? no this is, yeah. but that, that was amazing yeah like beans with breakfast dude, oh yeah can't beat it US, I mean, we're from california come on us has got to get with it oh, yeah. i mean come on um that, that was awesome but yeah yeah it's it's crazy you know looking at all of it and looking where i am now and I had to go through it all to get where I am. Yeah. But I'm so happy with where I am now than I was in the band. You know, and I look at um you know, just where everyone's at nowadays and you know, I just think to myself, I think I have so much more. Not just in, you know, materialistic value, but just mentally mm-hmm. and happiness and yeah. um I mean, it sounds like you've learned a lot, especially, you know, your dream may not end up being what you thought it was going to be. You've got to surround yourself with people that you're compatible with that right. support your right. vision of your lifestyle. I mean, right. there's a, and a lot of people don't think about that stuff, it you was, know, the, the synergy eye-opening. of personalities right. and making sure everyone, morality, I mean, everything you've, right. you've got to make sure. I kind of touched on this with Mike Benton, um, the sports tester a couple of weeks ago, but surround yourself with people that support your goals yeah. and want to see you succeed and, um, and kind of feel the same way about their success if they're going to be along for the ride too. Right. Right. When I, when I came home and plugged into church, it was just, it was so crazy. Um, being taken in like I, like I was and just being surrounded by people that like genuinely cared about you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying people didn't care about me before, but just, it, it seems like everyone was kind of out for themselves. Yeah. Like it's just that kind of industry. You talk yourself up as much as you can and hope you get the job. And, right. uh, anyone in my way can just like eat it. So <laughs> yeah. Um, coming into a place where everyone was super supportive, um, genuinely cared about you and on top of that hey you're a really hard worker um let's create a position for you yeah and uh yeah it's it's awesome like you really can't the i mean i can only hope to just keep pushing this further yeah any words of advice for kids that are in a band out there they think their goals are get signed go on tour any words of advice uh wow uh, there's a gazillion words of advice, but um, 
I would say just really, um, really search in yourself and think, you know, do you want, do you want to invest the best years, you know, of your life, the best years you're, where you're deciding who you really want to be? Mm -hmm. Um, do you want to pursue that in the world that, um, you know, in the world that, that is music, that is an industry where it is very cutthroat. Mm -hmm. It is very, um, you know, they, they can be your best friend and then your worst enemy the next day. Mm -hmm. Um, all because you didn't get enough listens or or whatever. Right. Just, you really just got to make sure all of your hearts are synced. All of you guys are in the right state of mind and, uh, stay humble and, you know, don't be afraid to, to hang it up. Yeah. If you're not loving it, you know, the, if you love music and you love, you know, whatever you want to do, you will find a way mm-hmm. to make it happen. Don't force yourself into a bad situation though, yeah. where you think this is the only way to make it happen. Right. It will come to you. Yeah. If you've got the talent, the passion, the drive, right. if it's what you're supposed to be doing, it'll, right. it'll work out. Right. No, I've, um, I've known you a long time. I've watched you grow up, become a man. And I'm, I just want to say I'm proud of you for, being true to yourself, being true to, you know, how you were raised. And there's so many stories of people that, you know, burn out in a pile of drugs and groupies, you know, and that, uh, you didn't let that happen to you, you know, and I'm, I'm proud of you for staying balanced and staying centered and, you know, finding a way forward and not becoming a senior file clerk, you know, for finding a way to, finding a way to keep continuing to pursue your passions. I, I'm proud of you. I'm very thankful. Thanks, man. Yeah, it worked out great. So this has been the Maslow Pete podcast with Evan Ronaldo, presented by Spring State Media Group. Um, you can find Evan on Twitter and Instagram at Ruins Echo. On Facebook, he's at Echo Play Studios. Uh, what all kinds of services does Echo Play provide? Um, mixing, recording, mastering. Again, I'm at the beginning of my journey okay. as far as that goes, but... Uh, yeah, I'm down to uh, start building a clientele and to uh, just tackle anything that gets thrown my way awesome. as far as music. Awesome. If you go on Evan's Instagram, you'll see pictures of his busted eye. Uh, <laughs> you'll see pictures of his blood everywhere. Got to go back a while. You'll but, see some yeah. awesome pictures of his uh, rooster hair headbanging. Oh, that's a and, great uh, pic. There's, seriously, there's some great photos on there. The perfect headshot of like my lion's mane from back in the day uh, was a guy... I think it was Landon Michael photo. Awesome. Um, it's an awesome picture. You guys yeah, got to check that it's out. It's rad. So uh, again, this is the Maslow Pete podcast presented by Spring State Media Group. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Maslow Pete. If there's anyone you guys know in your circle of influence that you think would be a good guest, uh, let us know. Uh, let us know what you think about the podcast, any comments, constructive criticism, uh, snide remarks, whatever you have, uh, we're happy to take them. You can find us on Facebook at the Maslow Pete. And on the MaslowPeak.com, you can subscribe to your platform of choice. Evan, thanks again. This has been real fun. Thank you. And uh, everyone else, stay tuned. Uh, Next week, we've got some great stuff coming up, so you won't want to miss that. Thanks. Thanks.